intentional living on purpose, intentional living on purpose. Uh, and this is really what we believe the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Revelation 2, 7, uh, listen to what the Spirit is saying to the church. And we believe he's calling us particularly and you this morning, even if you are a visitor or, or you're here for the first time, uh, he's calling you to live a life of purpose. Uh, would you look at the person next to you? We do this at City of Joy sometimes. And just tell them, be intentional. All right, tell them, tell them uh, a little louder, live on purpose. Live on purpose, be intentional. Well, the main point from last Sunday was this, that God has called us and rescued us uh, t- so that we would live intentional, thoughtful lives, planned out, serious, strategic, especially when it comes to spending time with God. Um, how was your week with Jesus? I wonder how, your, how was your week with Jesus? Did you get to spend some time with Jesus? Just a reminder, if you're a believer, we don't got to spend time with God, right? I got to get in the Bible. I got to go pray. No, no, no. We get to pray. We get to spend time with God. Ephesians 2.13 says that we used to be far from God, and Jesus' blood brings us near. One of the greatest signs that you appreciate the cross is that you take advantage of the relationship that the cross has brought you into. We spend time with God because we get to, because Jesus brought us close to our Father. What a privilege it is, we talked about last week, to prioritize God's presence. To prioritize God's presence like Mary did in Luke chapter 10. We saw her at the feet of Jesus, a posture of worship, submission, receiving from the master. That's the most beautiful place to be in his presence And now this brings us back really to the heartbeat of the series captured in Ephesians 5, 14 and 15. James read this. It simply says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. I like the New Living Translation. Boy, God will call you out because he loves you, right? Don't, don't, uh, grandma would say, don't be no fool, all right? Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. What does that look like? Make the best use of your time. Don't be foolish and squander your time and waste your time. Uh, Be wise. That's what the word is saying. Wise people use their time wisely. Foolish people use their time foolishly. That's why we want to live on purpose and be intentional. And when we say time, time refers to not the clock. Time refers to how we spend the life and breath and energy that God has given us moment by moment. How are you doing on that? How are you spending your life and breath and energy moment by moment that God has given you? We said last week in the light of this truth that there is no better way to spend your time than alone with God. And we said there is no better way to positively affect the rest of your time than by first spending it with God. But we want to be clear. I said this last week. Christians are not monks. Y'all know what a monk is? 
month, you know, the, the, the people that have the hoods on and, and just go up in a sacred chamber and they don't come out because they're spending time with God. So I'm spending time with God. I'm deep. I'm in the word and prayer. That's it. I don't go anywhere. If I get hungry, it's going to have to be Domino's delivery because I'm not leaving. I mean, like, monks. We're not called to be monks. We don't spend all of our time alone with God. That might seem real spiritual, but it's actually real sinful because we got to live life, right? We got to feed the kids. We got to go to work. We got to go to school. We got to go to the store. We got to go serve in the community. Man, can you imagine if your boss called you and you always said, you're like, where you at? You're supposed to be at work. And you're like, I'm spending time alone. Uh, we're doing this series called Intentional. And I'm here. And the boss like, okay, I'm glad you're intentional. You need to intentionally find a new job. Because God has called us to move. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he says, go make disciples. All right, go get into people's lives, build relationships, tell them about Jesus, and you're eating, shopping, walking, walking around life. We're not just supposed to be closed up, not just monks. We're not monks, but we are missionaries. All right, can you say missionaries? We are missionaries. We spend concentrated a long time with Jesus like Mary. And then watch this. The rest of our time during the day is an overflow of bumping into people everywhere we go. If we spend that concentrated time with the Lord in the morning, then we get to splash his goodness on people everywhere that we go, here and there, on mission with Jesus. I got a text from uh, Mary Ann Quinley. She's one of our founding members, moved to Louisville. And she said, I heard your voice when I went into Trader Joe's, she said. And, it's, and I heard your voice say, every trip is a mission trip. Whether it's Schnucks or whether it's Target, you're on mission. And she said, I got to tell the person bagging up my groceries about Jesus. And I'm like, hallelujah. That happens more powerfully when you're already with them in the morning. Have you noticed that? I mean, so there you are with Jesus in the morning and you're seeking the Lord. Like I know that you're growing in and you get a, somebody shap, tap you on the shoulder and you're like, no, 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 I'm praying, I'm praying. Then all, all of a sudden you look like, wait a minute, that's a nail scarred hand. That's Jesus tapping me. He said, okay, you've been at my feet. Now let's go. You've been with me alone. Now go with me into the world because I don't just want your morning time to be about me. I want all your time to be about me. Anybody fell into that trap, right, of just giving uh, Jesus some dap in the morning? Ha, I got my Gabriel verse. I got prayed. Peace. I see you in the morning. Now the rest of this day, boy, whoo. Remember, I used to go to churches that had an early morning service, and it, it, it was kind of, it was like, hmm, what did I think about that? It's like, I'm going to that early morning service so I can get it out the way so the rest of my day, it's like, get it out the way. Isn't all the day the Lord's? Sometimes we think, Courtney, sometimes we think about our tithe like that. It's like, give him his 10, 
but that 90, boy, we about to. All the money is his. And he wants you to see all the time is his. It's all sacred. You all have to be intentional about how you spend all the time. So I got me a new single that's probably be dropping. I was thinking about this called I'm a Mar- I'm a, it's called I'm a Mary Missionary. All right? I want to be like Mary, but I want to, I say, I'm a Mary Missionary. I'm a Mary Missionary. <laughs> Sit at his feet. Then I hit the street. I'm a Mary Missionary. Yeah, it's dropping in the new year. <laughs> Mary Missionary. We, not, we, we, we do both. We're with God, but then we're with God. Because all of life is to be lived for his honor. Make the best use of your time. So the question is this morning, how, how can I use uh, 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 all of my time to, to maximize uh, Jesus' glory? And uh, I want to give you three things real quick. Why should you even care about how you spend your time? I mean, I mean why should you even care? Let me give you three quick reasons why you should care how you spend every moment of your day. Number one, because our Lord is serious about it. That's why he commands it in the verse that James read. Ephesians 5.15 says, make the best use of your time. That's not a suggestion. He said, make the best use of your time. And then he says it again, Mark, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. Exact same words. Make the, and he's talking about when you're with unbelievers. It says, when you're with outsiders, those outside of the covenant community, he says, make the best use of your time. Get to Jesus in the conversation. Talk about the game, talk about the weekend, talk about the movie, all that. That's real life. We live life, but he said, get to the best, op- get, get to the best topic. Make the best use of your time. So um, we care about how we use our time because Jesus commands us to care about it. But now, also number two, number two, we care about how we spend our time because, look, y'all, our time on earth is super short. It's super short. Your life is just shh. used to be in the first grade. Remember that in third grade? Then you was in fifth grade. Then you graduated in eighth grade. Then you went to high school. I mean, like, it's, and you just, oh. Listen to James chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. Quote, He says, listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go this place or to that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. He said, hold up. Everybody that's talking about what we're going to do when we got a church, what I'm going to do tomorrow, I got a trip planned. He said, hold on. He says, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow? Did you realize that? You don't really know what's going to happen tomorrow. Plans get canceled. Flights get canceled. Storms come. Hurricanes come. People die. Car accidents happen. He says, listen, what is your life? You are a mist. (laughs) When's the last time you've been told that? You are mist. What is a mist? I'm going to show you. You are a mist that appears for a little while. Can you say a little while? And then vanishes. Wow. Why should you care about your time? 
because you and I are ignorant. It says we don't know. That's what ignorance means. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Your life is a mist. What's a mist? All right. Sorry, babe, I'm going to put it back. I just, just, just an illustration. We need this, boy, for real, in the bathroom. Um, I'm going to show you what a mist is, though. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Be careful. It's going to be gone. This is your life, all right? This is your life. I don't know if you've been shown what your life is in this way with a glade spray a can, but here it is. This is Bible. This is a holy moment. Pay close attention or you might not catch it. All right? This is what the Bible says your life is. All right? We'll count down. Help me, kids. All the kids in the room, we're going to count down from three, two, one. All right, kids? We're going to say three, two, one. Ready, kids? Three, two, one. Here it is. There you go. You go. Your life is a mist. That's it. A hundred and five people die every minute in the world. A hundred and five people die every, this last minute, a hundred and five precious people are gone. Your life will vanish. You got to care about how you spend your shh. So we care because the Lord commands us to care and make the best use of our time. We care about how we use our time because our time is so short. And number three, we care about how we use our time because we will have to give an account to Jesus, y'all. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10. Now, a lot of people talk about this no more. guess they don't want us to be ready on that day. Paul says, so whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him because we must all stand before Christ to be judged. Did y'all hear that? Not popular, but it is sobering, and it does have a way of getting you where you need to be. We must all stand before Christ to be judged. Watch this. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. All right? Now, it's clear. We're talking about Christians. This is not talking about heaven and hell. Right? We'll get there in a minute. This is not talking about heaven and hell. This is talking about, think, evaluation. Every believer in Jesus Christ will be evaluated based on what you did with your life and breath and gift and talents. You will be evaluated soon and very soon. We're going to see the king. Now, I don't know. How many of y'all have, like, had a job or something where your boss or your superintendent or something was going to drop in and evaluate you just by hands. One, two, oh, man, a lot of people in the room. And you know how it is, right? Now, it's not about being hired and fired at that point. It's just job performance, right? Job review. You know, all right, you know, Mr. Johnson's coming, superintendent, he's going to drop in on you just like wear your suit and all, make sure all the kids are together and, and, and everything is right. And, and, man, I remember I used to work, I used to work at a, my first job was a, was a dollar cinema, all right? That's like personal trivia right there. Uh, dollars, dollars, we went, worked at the dollar cinema, and the, the guy used to say, hey, 
Uh, there's going to be an evaluation today, and, and the general manager is going to be dropping in. And uh, uh, he's not going to tell us when. Just We just kind of know it's during this time frame. And, man, boy, we were so nervous. We were just like, all right. You know, the boss was like, make sure, dude, we'll put on white gloves. No joke. White gloves and be all up on the top of a place where you can't reach them. Look at here, Captain. Mr. Johnson's coming. I took, like, everybody would be like, you know, it's, he said, it's not about hiring, hiring and firing, right? It's about, you know, you want to raise, you want a promotion, right? It's about rewards, and, 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 and Jesus is going to do that. He's going to put on his white glove and rub across, like, what have you done with your life? Live for that evaluation. Live in such a way that you want to hear, well done. Like, like, like uh, uh, that should make you be intentional. That should help you maximize your time. So, why should we care about time? Uh, because Jesus commands us to. Uh, because our life is short. And because one day we're going to get evaluated based on how we spent our time. And so... You should be leaning in by now. So the question is, how, how can I do this? I need some practical stuff. Like, how can I maximize each moment and spend my life doing things that's really going to matter when I see my king? Right? Can I help you? Can I help you? I need this. I got three words. They all begin with a P. And I believe if you listen, uh, it's going to help you. Not be scared to see Jesus, but be prepared. All right? It's going to help you. Uh, number one, prioritize. All right? Can you say prioritize? Prioritize. We've got so much to do, right? Prioritize. So, so the question is, how do you determine your big priorities? Leadership book, a mentor, your employer, do some soul searching. How do you determine, think about this, we, we're, talking, we're talking practical stuff right here. This ain't shout, run up and down the aisle. This is like, I want you to be, I want you to hear well done. I want to hear well done. How do you determine the things that matter most? How do you determine the things that are most worthy of your precious vanishing life? How do you choose your big priorities? Based on things that last forever, there's a clue, all right? When it comes to your big priorities, you got to think about what can I invest in things that outlive my life? What's the best way for me to leave a legacy when my body is six feet deep and my soul is with the Lord? These are big things, I know. In other words, family, what I want to encourage you to do based on Scripture is to build your priorities around eternal things. Can you say eternal? Eternal. Listen, listen. 2 Corinthians 4.18. We must focus our lives not on the things that are temporal, but on the things that are eternal. I got good news. As far as I know, there are only two things in this life that are eternal. Only two. Can you think of one? What's eternal in this life? Anybody? It's only two. 
Anybody? Our souls is one. God. Thanks, King. God and our souls. God and people. The only eternal things on this earth. Psalm 90 verse 2, God says, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He's got no beginning. He's got no ending. He's always the great I am. That's why God is our first priority. Invest your time in God. You invest your time in eternity. When you die, there will be a legacy when you invest in God. Number two, people. Can you say people? People invest in people. People have eternal souls. Matthew 25, 46 says on that day, there's going to be, uh, this is the bigger judgment. This is the heaven and hell, right? He says, Matthew 25, you can read it later. It says, at the end of the age, there's going to be unbelievers. Didn't want anything to do with Jesus. They're going to be the goats on the left. And it says, they will go into eternal punishment forever. But then he says the sheep that, that trusted in Jesus, followed Jesus, heard his voice, obeyed him. The sheep are going to be on the right. And it says they're going to go into eternal life. Every human being, unlike God, we do have a beginning. God does not. But like God, we don't have an ending. Everybody will live forever. People are worthy of our priority. Now watch this. This blessed me, James. This blessed me right here. No wonder Jesus prioritized the greatest two things that really matter in life. What did he say? He said the greatest things, Matthew 22, are love God and love people. Wow, that blessed me. Jesus wants us to spend our lives on things that will matter when we are gone. God and people. So you want to be intentional? You want to live on purpose? You want to maximize your one short life in preparation for evaluation day? Then listen. Let your days and hours and minutes be driven by and drenched. We're shopping? No. We got to shop, but don't prioritize it. With games? No. With social media? No. With sleep? No. If you want it to count, let your life be shaped by Jesus' two big priorities. Loving God and loving people. That's why we spent the whole message last week. You can hear it online. So important. We spent the whole message on investing your time with God because he is first and he is in eternal. And you will never be sorry for spending your time in quiet with the Lord. Because watch this. If you don't intentionally order your private life around God first, disorder will spill into your public life. Did you hear that? I'm trying to help us. Lord, help us. If you don't order your private life around God first, 
disorder will spill over into your public life. And then you'll always feel overwhelmed and behind. You always drop balls. You always make excuses. You always anxiously be playing catch up. You'll have no margin, no Sabbath, no restful rhythm to your life, no real peace, no real joy, moving from one place to another. Am I talking to anybody? Uh, Kempton. At least the old me, but you can ask my wife. The Lord is helping me over the years. I'm not what I used to be, but I ain't what I ought to be, and I'm still in process but I know that God can grow you. So number one, love God. God, that's your priority. But number two, love people. Love people. People are the most valuable blessings on the planet. Human beings are the only creatures made in the image of God. I know we got some animal lovers. I ain't hating on nobody. You know, it's like, I just want to spend my days chasing squirrels. I mean, like, you can chase the squirrels and feed the pit bulls and, you know, I, I understand birds and, I, you know, all, I love the zoo and how it makes me feel when the hippopotamus moves along the, I mean, I like, I understand all that. That's cool. But the only being with eternal value made in the image of God, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, are human beings. Each of us have the dignity of God's goodness and glory radiating out from us, from the inside out. Black, white, rich, poor, all of us radiating his goodness and glory. Now watch this. Watch this. I love this. These two big priorities shape everything that Jesus did. Did you know that? Read the Gospels. The two priorities of God and people shaped everything that Jesus did in his 33 years of ministry. His God was first. He always spent time with him. He said, I always do what pleases my father. But also, let's be clear. Jesus was serious about prioritizing people, wasn't he? He let God and people prioritize his life. Just read the Gospels. I just took a snapshot from Mark chapter 5. Read that later on. There's a man with a demonically influenced mental illness. He's there and he's cutting himself and then Jesus comes and he's in his right mind. And then all of a sudden, same chapter, still going. There's a man that comes up and says, my daughter is about to die, Jairus' daughter. And then Jesus goes with that man. And then while he's gone, there's a woman that's had a blood disease for 12 years. She touches him and he heals her. So he heals the man with a mental illness. He goes to heal Jairus' daughter and he heals this woman with a disease. Jesus prioritizes people. People. Jesus loved people. They were never an interruption to his personal agenda or his to-do list. People. People were, and guess what, still are, his priority. Aren't you glad about that? It's because of his priority love for people that Jesus Christ came and laid down his life for you and me. He prioritizes people. 
Thank you, Jesus. And so Karen and I, my wife, we try to look at Jesus, and, 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 and we don't do this perfectly, but one little phrase that we've used over the years that help us make decisions in the moment, we call it people over projects. So if we see a to-do list or something we got to get done, and there's a person right there, we try to choose the person over the task because people are a priority. So let your days and hours and minutes be driven by and drenched with Jesus' two big priorities, God and people. So that's number one, prioritize. But number two, all right, buckle up for this one, uh, purge. Can you say purge? If you want your life to maximize these moments for the glory of Jesus Christ, you're going to have to prioritize around God and people. But number two, you're going to have to purge. Now, what's purge? I have to look that up. Purge, I like this definition. Purge is an immediate or violent removal of something or someone that hinders your health and growth. <laughs> and in this context, your health and growth in God, all right? Purge is an immediate, immediate or violent removal of something or someone that hinders your health and growth in God. In other words, identify and crucify time wasters in your life. Identify and crucify your time wasters. Hebrews 12.1 puts it like this. I know I'm just looking at different verses today. We usually walk through a text, but Hebrews 12.1 puts it like this. Lay aside every sin and weight that hinders you from running the race Jesus has for you. Lay aside two categories, sin and weight. Sin is what the devil uses most to tangle you up so that you cannot maximize your life for Jesus. And it's typically three big areas of your sin and my sin. There's a sexual area, there's a substance area, and then it's what I call a secret heart area. You know what area you're in. The devil loves to tangle you up in the sexual area, the porn or thorn. I call it pornography or fornication or any form of sexual sin. He loves to tie you up in that sin. Purge that. He loves to tie you up in the substance sin of, of gluttony, too much food, drunkenness, too much alcohol, drugs, like whatever that is. He tries to tie you up into that. And then the secret heart, right? Anger, pride, discontentment, jealousy, unforgiveness, like wherever your thing is, the devil uses that sin to keep you from maximizing your life. Live on purpose and kill that sin. Get your brothers and sisters and help you. Like, all y'all get together with your Bibles and like, blah, 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 blah. Like, kill that sin. It's stopping you. Not just sin, though, weights. 
Not just sin. That's another word in Greek. That's an amoral. Not immoral, amoral. That means it's neutral at first in and of itself. These are distractions, time killers that slow you down from maximizing your momentary life for Christ. Can anybody name a few? TV. Somebody got real on me. TV. That can be America's favorite distraction. What else? Social media. Another one of America's favorite distractions. Anything else? Fortnite. He got specific. Watch this. Watch this. Not evil in and of themselves, but I tell you what, there's something magnetic about this thing. I don't get it. Like, my thumb is almost, a, it, like, remember I told last week, it's like, swipe, swipe, swipe. My night scrollers, remember where my night scrollers at? Where my night scrollers at? We, we, we. Oh, Lord. How weak are we to let a rectangle box rob the precious mist of a life that we have? Purge, leave, go to war on your sin and waits in Jesus' name so that you can experience the simple joy of loving God and loving people. One of my mentors said something. It's very convicting, but I want you to hear this. It's sobering, but it's good for our souls. Listen to this. Quote, the Internet, meaning social media, all of that, our phones, everything. The Internet may very well stand as a prosecuting attorney against us on the day of judgment, proving that we did actually have time for prayer and reading the word and visiting the poor and reaching more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah. The internet, our phones will stand as a witness that we did actually have time to do the things that really matter. Lord, help me. Lord, help us. This is for our good. The Lord is just positioning us, y'all, for true joy, for true life, for true intentionality. Can somebody say live on purpose? We're talking about living on purpose, y'all. So finally, 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 prioritize, purge, and then uh, plan. Can you say plan? Plan. Plan. Don't you want to be ready on accountability day? Don't you want your life to matter? Don't you want to be filled with joy? Don't you want to have, even if it's no money in your pocket, you got a lot of peace in your heart because you're following the Lord's design for your life, and you making a difference past this little short life. Don't you want that? You were made for this. You were made for this. But you got to prioritize, purge, and finally plan. Um, I'm, I'm going to quote one of my homies that I listen to. He's in the hood of Houston. I just want you all to understand that. Uh, Pastor Jay, Pastor Jay, he's in H-Town. This is not a quote from the suburbs. 
all right? Because I know some of y'all would think, oh, he's quoting some dude from the, no, no, no. This, this, this is my dirty from H-Town, dropping wisdom. He says this, quote, real simple but profound. Most things that are not planned and scheduled don't get done or don't get done well. I, I know that's simple. I know that's simple. But it's powerful. He said most things that are not planned don't ever get done or they get done sloppy. Look at your life and say amen. Because it's true. Because it's Bible. Proverbs 21.5. Quote, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but NLT says hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Good planning. And this prosperity is not just money. It's God's abundant blessing on your life. Simply put, Purposeful people plan. Purposeful people plan. Can you say that with me? Purposeful people plan. I got a confession, y'all. I'm going to just be real. Y'all family. I used to think, no offense to anybody in the room, I just want to say, I used to think that planning was for organized white men in business suits named Bob. I'm just being real. I used to think that that's who was planning for. I had this caricature in my mind of, of a guy in a suit saying, hi, I'm Bob, and I've been planning all my life. I used to think that until I met some Omars and Dashikis that planned too, better than Bob. It's an African God, Dashiki, if y'all didn't. And beyond that, I know God, and he ain't a white man in a business suit. And God plans. As a matter of fact, what's that favorite, pot? you always see it around graduation time, that favorite verse that's on every plaque around graduation time. Who knows it? For I know the what, the plans I have for you. You ain't quoted a verse in 20 years, but that... Now you say, my baby, I got on first plan. Lord, help us. I know the plans. God's got plans for us. And we were made in the image of God. And a part of his plan is for us to have a plan. Proverbs 16.9, I'm almost done, says, man plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Brothers and sisters, stop just letting life happen. Stop just doing you. Stop just doing whatever feels easiest and the most exciting thing that's next to do, all right? That's no way to live a way that's intentional. Plan what you do. Be intentional. Plan. Look, look, okay, I'm going to close like this. I'm going to get real specific. I'm out of time. But look, Make an intentional effort to budget your time by developing a, here it comes, a fixed calendar. A fixed calendar. 
I got this from my dirty in H-Town, too. He telling the hood, like, fix can They look around like, what? I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to tell us that. We need to, come on, a fixed calendar. For some of y'all, it's like, I've been doing that since I was, but I'm, look, look, help us then. We, we need to help each other. That's why I love diversity. That's why I love being in the city, right, right? I was told, look, look, man, when you go to East Saint, you know, look, look, be un- understand that, you know, our people don't live by calendars much. And I said, that's okay. That's good. We can learn. Schedule your life. Quick example, uh, I just put this up here, not that I'm an expert, but I just want to show you, and if you want some more information, uh, you probably can't see that good, but this is a little snapshot. I got a list of priorities under love God and love people, and I have a plan how to try to live that out throughout the week, and so on Mondays, I call them Sabbath Mondays, rest, refreshment. You might think, like, man, he's talking about, you know, uh, no, 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 it, it means enjoyment too, having a good time with family and friends, going to the zoo, all of that. That's Sabbath. Then on Discipleship Tuesday, I try to intentionally serve, pour into our staff, meet with other brothers, uh, and then on uh, Wednesdays, I try to, like, look forward and plan on Wednesdays because I'm trying to live a strategic life. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite. I'm actually trying to take these priorities and make my calendar reflect them so that when I see the Lord, not perfectly done, but well done. That's what we want to hear. Well done. Be intentional. And so, the last few things I'll say is, uh, without a schedule, you become a slave to other people's priorities and emergencies. I see some people shaking their head. Without a schedule, you become a slave to other people's priorities and emergencies. All right, now this moves into the business world too. I mean, this is just truth. Uh, uh, Without a schedule, you're trapped in the endless cycle of reactive living instead of purposeful, proactive living. Now watch this, watch this. A fixed calendar and schedule helps you prepare for your day. Okay, okay, y'all, y'all don't like that. A fixed calendar and schedule helps you prepare, not just for your day, but it helps you prepare for tomorrow. Okay, they don't like that. All right, a fixed calendar and schedule not just helps you prepare for tomorrow, but helps you prepare for your week. Okay, all right, y'all don't get it. A fixed calendar and schedule helps you not just to prepare for your week, but it helps you prepare for your month. Oh, man, no amens. A fixed calendar and schedule not just helps you prepare for your month, but it helps you to prepare for the whole year. I'm already ready for 2020. I don't need no ball to drop. Amen, King. I could keep going, but I'm, I'm going to stop. Uh, um, um, last, last, last sentence. A fixed calendar and schedule helps you to follow through on what you said you would do and be where you said you would be when you said you would be there. A fixed calendar and schedule helps you to do what you said you were going to do, be where you said you were going to be, and be there when you said you were going to be there. Intentionality serves integrity. Did you know that? So, I'm done. <laughs> but speaking of a fixed calendar, Galatians 4.4 4 says, in the fullness of time, 
God scheduled his son to come on Christmas Day to save us. Aren't you so glad that God is a God who plans and schedules because your salvation, your salvation was purchased by a God who planned and scheduled at the right time in the right culture that Jesus would be born, that he would die, that he would be raised, and now we are saved, and now we're invited to reflect his intentional, purpose-filled passion to the world. Be intentional, y'all. This life is so short. We, we want to hear well done. Get with your family. Get with your brothers and sisters. We don't have joy community this week, but continue to think together about, okay, how can I line up my priorities? How can I purge these time wasters? And how can I get a plan that will put me on a path to reflect the love of God and the love of people? I, I guarantee you, that's the life of joy. And you're going to make people better all around you. And you're going to give God the glory. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let's pray.